All right, everybody say this word with me, life, life. I just had you do that because it seemed really quiet in here, like eerily quiet. We are going to be talking about life today, and really for the next five Sundays after today, it's a conversation that I want us to have about life. And I'm really excited about it because I've never found a better way to talk about this than this thing that we're calling three circles. Now, this isn't anything that, that I came up with. Uh, pastor at uh, First Baptist Church in West Palm Beach, Florida, wrote this thing called Three Circles. I mean, it's nothing copyrighted or anything like that. It's just a good way to explain the greatest story, the story of life. And we're going to immerse ourselves in this story today and for the next five Sundays after today. And I'm really pumped about it because, first of all, I want you to know the story. It's a pretty good story. It's an important story because you have life. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you are like wondering more about that or not, but hopefully you can maybe get some answers uh, to some questions you might have about that. But not only that, I believe the reason we're still here is to help other people know this story, to know the story about life, to know the meaning of life. So I believe that we're going to really enjoy that together. Now, I love a good story. I'm not the best storyteller, but I have friends who are, and they could just, they could just you know, talk about going to get donuts and eating it, and you're like just kind of leaning in like, that's hilarious, you know. There are some people that are really good storytellers. I'm not necessarily a good storyteller at all, but I love a good story, and we all do. I mean, that's why you binge Netflix, you know. You, you get to the end of that episode, and you're like, oh, cliffhanger. One more, one more. You could say one more about five times. Next thing you know, the day is shot. You've watched nothing but TV all day. That's what happens to us. And it's because we love a good story. When there's a cliffhanger, when there's a plot twist, it draws us in and we've got to finish the story. I believe that this story that we're going to talk about is one of the best ever. But before we do that, I do want to tell you about a story I loved to tell. I used to be a youth minister for a lot of years before I was senior pastor. And I'm going to tell you a story today, just to kind of get you into the story mode a little bit. Uh, now, <clears throat> excuse me, this story I would tell, I did it to mess with teenagers. Because it's the only joy you get as an adult if you work with teenagers to do something to embarrass them or mess with them or get them to react in some way. And this is one of those, there was kind of a trend back in these days, a trend that you could tell a joke that literally lasted for hours. I don't know if anybody ever did that to you or not, or if you did that to someone, but we would do this on long youth trips where I got a, I got a joke to tell you, I got a joke to tell you, and I would literally tell this story, this joke, for hours. Now, I'm not going to do that to you today. I'm going to give you the brief version, but let me tell you this story. There once was a snake named Nate. See, I see you're looking at, oh, okay, we're going to talk about snakes, all right. Uh, and he was created by God and was given one purpose, one job for his entire life, and that was to guard this lever that was on a pole in the middle of a desert. Because if that lever got flipped, the world would cease to exist as we know it. So that was his job. Now, if you were on a youth trip with me, I would spend the next hour giving examples of how lonely Nate was on that pole that some of his creature friends would come by and say, won't you come do this with us? And he'd say, I really want to, but I can't because i got to guard the lever. If I don't, the world will end if someone flips this lever. We could spend an hour talking about that, but I won't do that right now. Uh, so I'll, I'll skip to the other part where, where one morning he got up and he saw way out in the distance a plume of smoke rising in the air. Now, 
if we were on a youth trip together, I'd spend the next hour explaining to you how every day that plume of smoke got closer and closer and how curious he was and how he was guessing what it could be, but he couldn't tell. But I'll skip to the fact that he one day realized what he was seeing in the distance was a construction crew building a highway. I'm talking about spaghetti junction, roads in and out. Development was happening. Now, if we were on a long youth trip, I'd spend the next hour telling you how scared Nate was that they were building this road right towards the pole, and what if they tear down the pole, flip the lever, and the world ceases to exist? But I'll skip to the chase and let you know what happened was, as soon as they got to the pole, they built all those highways around the pole. So, he was relieved. And if we were on a long youth trip, I'd spend the next hour telling you how pumped Nate was that there's people driving by him all the time. He's no longer lonely. He's waving at cars, even though he's a snake. Somehow he was able to wave at cars as they drive by there, honking, what? It's Nate. He's keeping us protected in the world. It's awesome, you know. I'd spend an hour on that. And then I would spend maybe about 15 to 20 minutes on what he saw this one day. Early in the morning, he hears the sound of one lone rumbling semi-tractor trailer. And I think that guy's falling asleep because he is barreling down this curve that right before you get to the pole, there's this curve. And if he does not hit the brakes, he is not going to make that curve. And he's going to come off that road and hit the pole, flip the lever, and the world will cease to exist. So Nate did the only thing he knew to do before he got to that curve. Nate throws himself in front of that truck, and he hits that grill, and Nate is in a million pieces no more. And that's the end of the story. But then I would say, if we were on a long trip, as I look at you and you're like, you just wasted four hours of my life, I would say, you know what the moral of that story is? Better Nate than Lever. Come on. Thank you for clapping. You can end on that. I want to give you, that's a horrible story, isn't it? But now I've got you something to do on long vacation trips. If your kids aren't in the room, you can have fun with that, all right? Now, what I want to give you starting today is a way more epic story than that. It is so good. And you probably know some of this already, or maybe you don't. But we're going to immerse ourselves in it. And there's no better place to start than the very beginning. So I've carefully marked my Bible before I came into this room to get to page one with this ribbon here. Because <laughs> we're going to start at the very beginning. Have you ever thought about this, how the Bible begins with these four words? In the beginning, God. Just let that soak in for a moment. In the beginning, God. God is God always has been, and He always will be. In the beginning, God. And it continues in, in verse 1 of the whole Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Now, 
If we continue on in chapter 1 of the Bible, we'll find that God continues speaking the universe into existence. He created the water. He created the sky. He created vegetation and land. He created the, 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 the stars, and the moon, and the galaxies. He created all the, the sea creatures and fish that live in the water. He created the birds in the sky. He created every livestock and animal and things that scurry along the ground. He created all those things. And then we get to verse 26, and here's what it says. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I've given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. Now, this is a diagram that we're going to be filling out throughout our time together over the next six weeks, okay? And we're going to fill it in little by little, and it's just this amazing story. It's a powerful story. It's a life-changing story. But before we do this, there's something I want you to keep in mind throughout this series, and I hope for the rest of your life, and that is this. Truth is true whether you believe it or not. Truth is not dependent upon your embracing it or believing it to even be true. Isn't that cool? I could tell you all day long how I am convinced that there really is no such thing as gravity. And yet, I can predict with 100% certainty that I will not begin floating in the air if I declare that. Gravity is still true. Gravity does not depend on my belief in it in order for it to be true. And it's important that you know this because I hope that that keeps me and you humble a little bit, right? I want to know truth, don't you? So that I can know it. And so that I can't, I I don't want to go my whole life thinking gravity doesn't exist when the whole time it was holding me down. I want to know the truth. And I believe that when we begin to understand and know truth, it begins to change us. So as we go in this story, we're going to start at the very beginning here. And this first circle in the three circle story is God's design. He created you. He created everything. He designed the universe. He made humanity. Uh, He made you. Whether you believe it or not, it's true. In the book of Psalms, it says you were knit together in your mother's womb. There was great intentionality with God creating you, making you who you are. God made you. And here, if that isn't enough, did you hear what he said in his word? You are an image bearer of God. Every time I read that little passage when it says that God decided to create humanity and he created us in his image, you know what I want to say? 
I want to say, nuh-uh. <laughs> I mean, there's no way. Like, does anybody here feel worthy enough to say, I bear God's image? Like, I don't even feel like I can say that. Like, if you look at me, you'll find the image of God. I don't feel like I could say that, right? And this is what's really cool. You can be an atheist thinking that God doesn't even exist whatsoever, and yet you bear the image of the one you don't believe exists. I can almost imagine God smiling and saying, just keep looking in the mirror every morning and you might get it. You might see it. You might realize that I am real and I made you and I made the universe, right? And I don't say that flippantly because I hope we have someone in the room today that's thinking about this. Like, if, if, I hope we have people in the room that are like, you know, I don't know if God exists or not. I don't know. I, I'd like, I, I, hopefully you're on a search for truth and you're here because I want you to be on a journey of truth because if you find, if you seek truth, I believe you'll find it every time. I believe truth will escape you if you settle for not seeking the truth. And I've had friends tell me that they've struggled believing whether or not God exists, and I've asked them and I've begged them, please, search for truth. Here, read the Bible. Don't say you don't believe in it when you've never even opened it and not read it, you know. And there's even some other books that can give you some things. You can get on a path of discovering truth, and there's story after story of people who really sought truth as objectively as they can, and you know where it landed them? It landed them on their knees before God in worship. And I believe that will happen with everyone who seeks the truth. I'm biased because I'm a preacher. But I believe that. If you're here today, you're like, I don't know if I believe this. I'm so glad you're here. I want you to go on a discovery of truth. And listen, could it be, could it be that the Bible is right? That you were made differently than anything else God created? Do you think it could be true? Look around you. Think about it. It kind of makes sense. I love this quote from David Clausen, he wrote this article for the uh, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. It's a great organization that really stands for kind of some apologetic kind of things, helping people understand what's right and wrong and how the, how the Bible interprets that for us. I love this quote about the image of God. He says, Man is like a statue erected by an ancient king, as the statue bore the image of the king and signified rulership. Man bears God's image in the cosmic temple of the world, representing his authority and dominion. Man is the visible representation of the invisible God. If one wants to know what God looks like, simply look at man, the crowning jewel of creation and the only creature God made in God's image and likeness. So I'm making feel kind of good about myself a little bit, right? He made you in his image. It's there, whether you believe it or not. It's there whether you even believe God exists or not. You were created in his image. And when we look at the story of God's creation, his design, we look at the first two chapters of the Bible and we read that, you know what we come to also find out? In the great quote of a great movie called The Legos Movie, everything was awesome. It was awesome. It was great. God had not designed disease God had not designed death. God had not designed evil. He had not designed separation from Him. It wasn't part of His design. It was awesome. And to give you a glimpse of that, I'm going to read to you one verse in Genesis 3. And in this one verse, 
we're going to see a tension, a plot twist, if you will, in the story. It's going to serve as a little bit of a cliffhanger to next week. It says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. First of all, why did they hide? We're going to talk about that next week because something big happened. Something else entered into this story that caused Adam and Eve a lot of issues. And guess what? It causes us issues too, to this very day. We'll get to that next week. But did you see how awesome it was before that? Like, oh, this common everyday thing happened. When the cool breeze is blowing in the garden, God's taking a walk. And normally Adam and Eve would be like, what's up, God? But instead they're hiding. And we'll get to that next week. But that's awesome. And I know that sounds like a silly, trivial, like well, not a profound thing, but it is profound because you know what we learned from that? We were designed to walk with God. We look all the way back to the beginning of creation, all the way back to the beginning of humanity, and what was it all for? What was it all about? To walk with God. That we get to walk with God. He created us to have a relationship with us. I don't know about you, but that changes a lot for me. Like when you think about all that your life involves right now and how much I can get, if I stop and think about it, man, I could, I could, get, I could get, man, worried and anxious and just totally focused on all the, I, I, I had this moment having a meal with my wife and, and her parents, my in-laws, and it suddenly hit me and I said, guess what? There's not going to be mortgage payments in heaven. I'm kind of pumped about that. <laughs> no budgets in heaven. I mean, I don't know. It's just like everything was awesome. And what was awesome about it was the simplicity of our purpose to just walk with God. And I don't want you to forget God's design because if you got a good look at that diagram earlier, we're going to get back to that. That's why God has done everything He has done to get back to the awesomeness of His design. Everything was awesome. We were designed to walk with Him. I, I read this verse a few weeks ago. I want to read it to you again because in the context, it's easy to miss this, what it's saying here, but it says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. He didn't say he has planted eternity in only the good human hearts. <laughs> he has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I mean, that's true, right? In fact, this Three circles, story, immersion that we're doing is an attempt at us trying to grasp the scope of what God has done from beginning to end. But even in doing that, it, it, it's not going to be perfect, but, but we're attempting to grasp it. But I think what's so cool is what he said that he's placed eternity in your heart. And again, you may not even believe God exists. And again, you may actually believe he exists, but you've not put your faith in him yet. You're not seeking to live your life for him yet. And yet still, he has planted eternity in your heart. I believe it's what causes us to when we're not walking with God. I think it's what causes us when we're not 
grasping these truths about God's design that we just feel like something's missing. We just feel like there's got to be something more. It's like God created this hole in our soul that only a walk with him will fill. And until we embrace that as our purpose, something's off because he's planted eternity in our hearts, whether we believe it or not. And that's what I want to get back to. Whether you believe it or not, truth is still true. But when you become convinced of truth, you become changed by truth. And that's the journey I hope that you start on today if you haven't already. In the next week, in the next week, as we continue in this story, my hope is that you'll become convinced of certain things that are true. And today, that truth is that God exists. That He created you. And that He has a design for your life. In fact, that's our next step. We talk about next steps every time we get together on Sunday mornings. Because God didn't bring you here today just so you can say, yeah, God, and walk out the door and do nothing different. He wants you to leave here with something different to cling to, something different to do. And I'm asking you to consider a baby step of some kind. If you're here in this room and you've been struggling with whether or not God even exists, perhaps your next step is to say, I don't know if I believe that. But I want to know what the truth is. So I'm going to commit to actually determining what really is true. I'm not just going to say I don't know and just settle for that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't you want to know why you're here? What it's all about? What your purpose is? At least take a baby step. This is, and I, will, I will go on a search for truth. I'm not going to just let this be a thing that I just wonder about and then put it aside. Or maybe you've already been searching for truth. You've been on that search. And you've been teetering on, do I believe this or not? Do I believe this or not? I, I've, not I've told this story a few times. Man, I was there. And, and, and it literally was like I was on the fence. And I was thinking, God may not even be real. I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out. What if it's all a hoax? What if it's all made up? And it's not real. And at this point, I'd already been following Christ for three years. And so I didn't know what to do, but I remember it was almost like I heard the very voice of God say it audibly to me, time to get off the fence. Either stop believing and walk away or believe in me and walk with me. And I couldn't walk away. And it was a pivotal moment in my journey I finally said, I am no longer staying on the fence. I can't stay on the fence at the most miserable place. It's the most miserable place to just wonder what might be true. Is this true or not? It's the most miserable place. You're stuck. And maybe you're stuck today. Maybe you're on the fence. Maybe you've been on the fence. Maybe it's time to say, I believe. I believe God exists and that he made me. And that is a plan for my life. And I'm telling you, man, when you actually believe that stuff, you really believe it, you'll probably feel what I felt when I finally believed it. I f- did not realize how much weight was on my soul till it finally was lifted. I was like, ah, 
I got a reason and a purpose for living because my life is just in God's hands. It's it. I live for God, plain and simple. Now, I'm making it sound like it's easy. Since then, I've we've had kids and bills and mortgage payments and you know all that stuff that can sort of distract you from all that and cause you to, to sometimes forget the purpose that, for which you were created. But I'm just telling you right now, a step of faith can change your entire life for eternity. And if you're here today and you've not taken that step of faith, I invite you to do it. Take a step of faith. Jesus went around saying, come follow me. Believe in me and you will not perish and you will have everlasting life. Come, you who are thirsty, and I will give you the living water. Come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will carry your burden for you. Come. Have you come to him yet? Have you placed your faith in him yet? If not, Do it right now. Let's pray. Father, I'm praying that someone here who needs to take a next step will take it right now and just believe, finally become convinced of these truths that you are real and that you created the entire universe, even us, and that you designed us to walk with you And there may be people in this room that have yet to begin walking with you. And it is my prayer they would take that step right here, right now. Your word says all they have to do is just call upon your name. To say, God, starting right here today, I believe in you. And I want to walk with you the rest of my days. Father, if someone prays that prayer right now, help them to know that they're now your child forever. You will never let them go. You will never leave them. Give them the courage to tell someone about this step of faith so that they can be prayed for and encouraged. Father, thank you for making it possible for your story to become our story. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.